This is the Coast and Country download from the BBC. You can find the terms and conditions on our website at www.bbc.co.uk forward slash radio 4. Today you can hear Open Country. I'm between the Pennines and looking out across the Yorkshire Dales and I'm at the foot of one of the most distinctive hills in, in this particular landscape. This is Pendle Hill and I've come to an access point where I'll hopefully be getting up onto the height but as I do that I've come across a party of school children who I think have already done that climb, am I right? Yeah! What was it like up on the top? Scary. Scary! Slippery and windy. Yeah. And why did you go up there today? For a climb. A school climb? Yeah. We did our prayer on there. On the very, very top. Yeah. What, what a wonderful place to do that. In fact, this hill has a very strong religious history, which I'm going to find out about later on. And it's a hill that has drawn people to it from far and wide. But one of the reasons people come here is because of what I've heard of known as the witches. Pendle, yeah, Pendle Witches. Is this a rumour? It's yeah, just a rumour? I don't think it's just a rumour. Well, there used to be witches. No, they call it witches on Rhea. Yeah. 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 The fake. Maybe the So 400 years ago, there were 10 women who were tried for witchcraft and they came from this area. And I'm going to find out about the story behind that. Was it a hard <coughs> climb? Yeah. yeah. Which school are you from? Other class primary school. And where's that? Nelson. Not no too far school. from here. Well, I'm, I'm glad I've got good advice before I head up. Well, there okay. is a lot of sheep. I'll re- look out <laughs> you need to watch out for the manure. And the manure. Okay. <laughs> and the pen. Are you going to buy that? Bye. 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 Okay, best what we're going to do is we're going to follow this track up now to where the farm is. We're going to go up onto the right hand side of the steep footpath that everybody refers to as the big end. Then we go across on the ridge to the summit. So, a description there from Michael Forrest of what lies ahead of us and what these young children I met have already done. Yes. First impressions of this hill it rises so severely out of the landscape. It is bare, bald great well i've heard the shape of a whale being used a lot and it is a good description that isn't it michael yes yeah, what we call a whale back because it rises up up and along and then it comes down on the right hand side there and that had formed what would be the head of the whale going back down into the water yes. <laughs> it's lovely to hear what those children are saying they're from um, a muslim school down in Nelson, which is a small town not too far from where I am now. And in a way, it anticipates what I'm about to experience for this week's open country. I'm near the village of Barley, which sits at the foot of Pendle Hill in Lancashire. And the children there mentioned witches. Well, this place is infamous for the Pendle witches. And Mary Forrest you've grown up with these stories all your life and your son Michael is going to join us because this is a landscape that you have walked in with your family for several generations and then we were talking about how the children were when they got to the top were saying a prayer well Pendle Hill has such a significant part to play in the history of Quakerism and to discover that story I have Ben Pink Dandelion with us as well we'll explain the name maybe when we're nearer to the top
And with all that in mind, let's begin our ascent. There's a sort of a roadway that brings you up to this particular point. You go through one of these kissing gates. And this takes us to the very foot of the hill. So we'll all pile through. You see how worn the path is. People have put sort of flagstones down at the very start. Footfall and, and rain will have carved the path going up the hill. Michael, just looking round us a little bit. We have, I know, the Ribble Valley. It's on the, it's on the far side. Yeah. But what are we looking out across from this side of the hill? We're looking very much onto what is the industrial part of Lancashire in this area. It's the three towns of Burnley, Nelson and then Corn, which of course were all built up around the cotton industry and were all linked with the Least Liverpool Canal. And then of course when the railways then came through, the railways then took over. We're looking at typical East Lancashire moorland, which is very rolling, flat hillside. And this is what makes Pendle stand out so much, because wherever you are, if you look north from the towns, you will see Pendle as a very definite, flat, whale-back shape in the distance. And that's what's drawn so many people to this particular area. They want to climb to the top of it with the prospect of great views or because it's gathered a greater number of stories in the time that people have inhabited this area? I think it's a combination of both. I think the more people you have coming to an area, the more stories are going to develop, the more folklore is going to develop, the more stories are going to get retold about that area. So therefore, more people will come to that area and it just becomes one thing feeds on the second thing. Do you remember your first ascent of Pendle? I don't, to be honest, not my first one because we did it so many times as children, having picnics. Those first occasions of childhood all blend into one amazing trip. But it was certainly always good memories of coming up Pendle. And then, of course, you could progress from being a child to knowing the area, to then coming here with the scouts and then coming here as an independent. And now we're coming here on four generation trips with my mum, myself, my children and now my grandchildren oh. as well. That's how important this hill is to the family. Very much so. Mm. But you're a man who has climbed mountains in the Alps, so don't you look at Pendle and think, oh, is that all it is? No, not at all. You come to any hill or any mountain or even any pasture at times and they all have their own speciality, but because Pendle is in my own backyard and I can see it from just about everywhere I've lived, it still has a special place in my heart just for strolling up, even if it's just on a summer evening to take in the views. All right, how lovely. This particular part of the path has been laid with uh, flagstones, possibly hewn from this area and obviously a way of trying to protect the, the path from being too eroded by the thousands of visitors who come to this part of the world now to walk to the top of Pendle. And Mary, Forrest, as you're looking out over this now, the, you get higher and the view reveals mm. itself more and more. You get a sense of the valleys and the smooth hilltops that are around us and the towns and your hometown. Burnley, forward, over. yeah. Uh -huh. And from there, you walked into this landscape, and particularly up Pendle. Yes, when we were young... children, yeah. yes. Led by your, your mother? My then. mother, yes. Mm -hmm. We used to come with my mother. And when we had enough money, we used to come on the bus and go to Barley, and then we would walk up Pendle. So this landscape for you, it's home and a place that uh, you were led out onto by your mother. Mm -hmm. And then you did the same with Michael and the rest of the yes. family. So it's very much part of your, your growing up, your, yes. your being here. Yes. And the story of the witches right is now, in that. Yes. When you're walking along, 
my mother used to tell us tales about what what used to happen round and about, and she used to tell us all the details of each farmer and, and what had been said. You know, you'd have thought she'd actually been there. She always began the story of the witches with the wise women and cunning folk make salves and potions to help people who were sick, and that's how they existed on a sort of a. I'll help you, you give me something in return. Lancashire was known as the darkest corner of Britain because when everybody else was trying to be Protestant, we still had a culture of Roman Catholicism. You had strong Puritans and you had very strong Catholics. When King James became king in 1603, he published in England his demonology because he had been heavily involved with the witches in Scotland, persecuting them. And so he wrote a, a treatise and he was saying witches are bad things. Mm. A few years later, a man called Perkins then wrote a dissertation on witchcraft. And he said, your good witches were worse than your bad witches mm. because bad witches ill-wished you and did you harm. Good witches were in league with the devil and cured you. So they had messed with your soul, whilst a bad witch merely messed with your body. Yes. And it was serious. Now, we're talking about uh, the Pendle witches being yes. in 16... 1612, 12. they were tried at Lancaster. Yes, yeah, so take me back to right. that, how that happened and who they were and how this place played a part. In the 1590s, they had some of the worst harvests and worst winters England had experienced for a century, and there was starvation. The winters were very cold, the summers were very wet, or the summers were so dry that they couldn't plant corn, people were starving. So the problem then was these coming folk, the Demdike family and Whittle's family, were two families who dealt with everybody and helped everybody. So you get the cases then of bewitching a farmer's cow and it dying or falling out with a farmer's son and he dies. The first of those cases was in 1594. Later on, when the trial occurred in 1612, these things were then documented. So what we're talking about is an area that had a history of... Cunning folk. Yeah, or they called it witchcraft. Yes. Right. Associated particularly with women, as we know. Yes. But by 1612, it had become such an associated thing in this area. Now, am I right in saying there were ten women who were accused well, of witchcraft? No. When they had the trial in Lancaster, now, it was considered a good result because there were 19 people tried, five of them were acquitted, three were to be called back for a later trial, ten were sentenced to death, some of which were men, they weren't all women, and one woman was sentenced to the pillory. You're living in a time when they wanted to get rid of the poorest people and keep sheep, because that's where the money was for wool, because wool at this time was woven here. So any way the landowners could do to get rid of poor people... Did you use any means? Did you use any means? And when they were starving, you can see between the witches, they would say... If you let her help, eh, something nasty will happen to you. So they used this fear um, oh, yes. of witchcraft that had been so whipped up 
Yes. They used it for their own purposes. Yes. And those women and and the two men, they were they lost their lives because of yeah. that. Yeah. Even though you say they may have been helping other people. And we look down over this valley from our halfway ascent up Pendle Hill and we see a, a, a beautiful, calm place, great vistas and we take in the fresh air. But actually you're talking about some sort of horrible festering Yes. social element going yes. on at yes. that time and people lost their lives as a result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. What a story. And the fact that it endures today, I think, is very interesting. I think we need to keep walking yep. yeah, in case we could get caught in a shower or two. What a story. We're on the top of the ridge now. This is what Michael described as the whale's head of Pendle Hill. And it's lovely to be here because if you look down around us again, it's, there's lots of cloud, but somehow some bits of sunlight seem to break through and they act as like a beam in a searchlight spotting out this farm building or that field. And there it goes over to a clump of trees over there and then passes along. Pendle Hill was not just famous because of the witches. This is the location for the founding of the Quaker movement. And it was a man called George Fox who made this climb. So, Ben, you're going to take me back to that day possibly and okay. why this place and, and why George Fox. But first of all, your okay. surname is okay. Pink Dandelion. Yes, well, actually, my, my full name is Pink Dandelion. I just like to be called Ben. So Pink's my legal first name. Oh. And I lived at a peace camp in the 1980s and we were a group of anarchists and about the only thing we could all agree to do because we were all doing our own thing, being good anarchists and the only thing we could all agree to do would change our names to something really silly <laughs> and so I became Pink Dandelion because people didn't like it, I kept it, being an awkward anarchist <laughs> and now uh, it's just as it is really yep. Good, I'm glad we've got that cleared <laughs> yeah, up sure. Since then though Ben, you have become a Quaker historian that's right, yes. So George Fox chose this place. When mm -hmm. and why? Well, he was actually from Leicestershire. He'd spent many years in the Civil War looking for answers to his religious questions. He'd spent a year in London. He'd travelled around the army camps. But in 1647, he had a major vision or a sense of God speaking to him and saying, you've been looking in the wrong places. You've been reading books. You've been speaking to priests and so-called professors and actually you can have a direct relationship with God. And that really is at the heart of, of the Quaker faith, this direct relationship with the divine. So he starts preaching this new message. This is really important. Significantly, it's a relationship that's available for everyone. He's not just saying, I'm a special prophet, you need to listen to me. He's saying, this is the way for England now to worship God. And just a reminder that this mm. is just after the Civil War. Well, at that point, it's still in the Civil War. And it's a time where there's lots of radical religious ideas circulating. But he preaches locally and he, you know, is a prophet in his own land and nobody really takes a lot of notice of him. It's just probably Crazy George. And he ends up in jail in Derby. And the judge there says, well, you tremble before the Lord, you Quaker. And so Quaker is originally an insult, but it gets used by Fox and his followers as a powerful positive term. Spends a year in jail in Derby. And then in the summer of 1652, he walks this way. And then he comes up here and he says he was moved by the Lord to go atop of Pendle Hill. And he said he came up here with much ado. And of course, there were none of these nice steps that we've traveled up today. I mean, it was just a, this barren hill, bleak, open moorland. 
no reason to come up a hill, but he felt moved by the Lord. And it may have been because of this association with witchcraft that we've been talking about. You know, here was a hill associated with black magic and at the top he sounds the day of the Lord. So in, in a way he kind of claims the hill for God and for Christ. Standing up here. Yes. <laughs> presumably alone. Maybe a few sheep. Po yes, but possibly sodden. Yes. Because it's a, it's a hill that catches any drop of rain. That's right. Wind, probably ill-clad, yes. unlike ourselves, yep. standing there proclaiming <laughs> yes. his faith. Yes, absolutely. So this is a really significant moment. It's another mountaintop experience. So the very geography of the place was what he needed yes. to confirm mm -hmm. and to begin to broadcast his message. That's right. Wow. And, and as I say, one of the key features of Quakerism is it saw everyone as spiritually equal. So he didn't have this special message. Everyone could have this relationship with God. Everyone would be saved, which itself is a radical idea. Everyone was a minister, men, women and children. It wasn't just the priests anymore. And this was a very popular message, particularly up here in the kind of forsaken north. Like and Dark Lancaster that we, right. we heard being mentioned. That's right. And some of the early Quakers called themselves the outcasts of Israel. They were kind of the people forgotten by London. These were small farmers just struggling to make ends meet, struggling to, to survive. And Fox comes along, this foreigner, in a sense, from Leicestershire, with a strange accent. Someone says, oh, you know, where are you from? And he could have said, well, I'm from Leicestershire, isn't it wet up here? But he says, I'm from the Lord. You know, and he's just, he's just not mincing his words. He's just, you know, very clear. He's on a mission. He's been given this vision by God. And what happens at the top of Pendle Hill? He sounds the day of the Lord. He says he sees the Lancashire Sea. On a good day, you can see out to what's now Blackpool and the Lake District beyond. But he says he has a, a vision of a great people to be gathered. So the reason this hill is so important for Quakerism is this is where it moves from him just preaching to some people who are interested to him having a sense this will be the new church in England. So I'm thinking now, Moses on Mount Sinai, he brought down the Ten Commandments mm -hmm. from that mountain. George Fox was here. He brought down from this, well, it's a few hundred feet short of a mountain, but it's still pretty significant. Is. What is it about mountains, places like this mm -hmm. that somehow have a message that can be carried from them. Well, I mean, obviously you've got the, the physical vision at the top. There's maybe even the, the exertion that leads to that kind of heightened focus or sense of just a you know, wider vista, be out of the world, as it were. One of the things Fox talked about was walking over the world cheerfully. And the world, though, was a pejorative term. It was a dirty word for everything that had fallen away from the faith that was wrong with Christianity. And so when he walks over the world, he's doing so deliberately. He's trampling things underneath. He's walking for God. And he comes down full of this vision. He says he sees the place where these people will be, and they're dressed in white. It's a very kind of, you know, book of Revelation vision, the end of the world as we know it. And so he does come down with, the, with this vision of the new church. It's a little bit like Moses. <laughs> it's astounding, isn't it? And um, the reception that he would have got as he then spread the word around the country was very severe, and particularly for, for some individuals. Yeah. In some ways, he was almost safer up on this mountain in its wildness yes. than in the world yes, he that was. you're describing. Yes, but he would go from here on. He went to places where he knew he would be put up, mm. where he'd be fed, and he's walking hundreds of miles. But in the weeks that follow, hundreds of people join the movement, and he ends up in Alverston, 
where he converts part of the gentry to the faith and he then gets protection and headquarters. Right, we've walked up from the village and Michael and Mary, you're both testament to this. There is nothing in the village that doesn't have a witch association. The local garage has a witch riding on a broomstick in its name board and the pubs are kind of associated with it and the foods all have witchy... Very there's, much is a yeah. trademark for this yeah. part of Lancashire, well, without question. What about George Fox? I, there's, not, there's nothing up here to mark his great moment. So is it like living with witches all your life, Michael? I, I think it's probably, <laughs> to be honest with you, <laughs> it's, it's, it's what brings business and tourism in, I'm afraid. Yeah. You do get so used to it that you don't even think when you pass another cafe that has a witch in the window, another shop that has a witch logo on it, another brand of meal or sweet or cake mm. that has a witch association. It just becomes the normality mm. for living around here. Unfortunately, I don't think that the That's Quaker right. story would bring in the tourism exactly the same. Mm. But it is nice to know that Ben is bringing people from the Quaker movement here. Because of the Quaker movement and because of people like the Roundtree family, children actually in Colne and Nelson benefit even now from their sharing of their bounty because the Roundtree Trust supports people who have difficulties and problems. So, in a way, it does come home here because people are able to access from the Quaker generosity. Yeah. And you've brought Quakers to George Fox's Hill. Groups come regularly from all over the world and one of the features of Quakerism is that this experience of intimacy with God means that no place is special. Early Quakers did away with churches, church buildings, all that decoration, they did away with priests and sacraments and all these sorts of things, and everywhere becomes holy. So there's a slight tension in the Quaker movement between coming to a place like this, because it's historically special, and not wanting to say it's any more special than anywhere else. How do you feel about it? Well, I love it. I've been converted. I mean, the first time I came, I thought, what a schlep this is, and is it important to go just because George Fox did? But I've seen the effect it has, and last year probably about 500 to 1,000 Quakers came up in different groups, one from Tokyo, Philadelphia, you know, all over Britain, and it does mean something. It brings that history alive, and if you're coming out of the south of England or you're coming out of the, even the cities now, I mean, you see there's still fairly wild countryside get a, a much greater sense of how it might have been for George Fox and how far away these people were from London. That allowed Quakerism to flourish initially and then in the, later in the 1650s Quakers went to London to convert people back there. One historian said you know everyone's in London in the Commonwealth period and under Cromwell's rule is worried about what will come across the channel. Will there be a Catholic invasion or will Charles I's son come back with an army? And actually, the religious revolution came from the north with the Quakers. They were looking the wrong way. And we're talking about a time when witchcraft was still the presence in communities and people continued to be persecuted yes. for witchcraft. Right. Well, even some of the Quakers were accused of, of being bewitched. And that was a, still a very serious claim. When we started our walk and we met the Muslim schoolchildren, they all shouted, yes, witches, it's scary up there. And then there were quite a few who said, we said a prayer on the ridge here where we are now. Isn't that a lovely connection with what you've been talking yes. about? It's still a place of faith, it's a place of nurturing spirituality. Mm -hmm. Landscape you know, can do that. Absolutely, more mountaintop experiences. So we've reached the summit. There is a triangulation point here and uh, a chance to take in the view all round as far off to the west, although clad in cloud, that is 
well, that's the, the, the coast in Blackpool. And then to the other side, way across the Ribble Valley to the edge of Yorkshire and oh, all sorts of places in between. It's, it's, it's been a wonderful encounter with a place made all the more special because being with you, Ben Pink Dandelion, and hearing about George Fox and him standing in this very place and Michael Forrest and your mum Mary, this hill, this landscape is so much part of your lives together and the stories that you are passing on from your mm. mother and so to your family and to us. So thank you so much for, for being on Pendle Hill. Thank you. Thank you. This Thank you. moment.